what it says, B? Well, the boys are Treads back in up. town. <laughs> I'm rocking the best day, representing as well. Oh, Not. man, what's going on? What do what you got there behind you, B? Well, I got all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. Should we start from uh, the left here? Let's do yeah. it. So we got some fishing rods over here. Oh, man. I got this board right here is a 6.4, what I would call step up. Um, it's uh, it's kind of the one I, I go to when when it's a little bit overhead, maybe uh, to double overhead or, you know, the travel one I always throw in the bag just in case it gets a little, get a little hairy out there. Um, that's been my, my tried and true shape, though. I brought it to Puerto Rico, um, brought it to uh, where else? I brought it to Costa Rica, ridden all over Jersey, New York. Um, it's, it handles really well on, on steep, steep days. Um, the glass you, is pretty what, light. What, uh, what manufacturer is it or shaper? Me. Oh Me? man. I shaped it myself. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, uh, my handle, I call ghost of Essex. Uh, you, you see the line anywhere. It's uh, a prancing line. Chances are I've shaped it. There's a bunch of boards out there that I, uh, that are probably on resale at this point. And, uh, you know, people are passing around. Funny enough, I, I had a friend send me something from Long Island. Uh, they found one board of mine uh, to, you know, a, a single fin, fin uh, kind of green black railed board that I brought to Costa Rica. I have a picture of me on a really big wave on and some random person out in Montauk has it and has been riding in juicy waves and he's looking to resell it. But he advertised it as a, as a big wave board, which makes, makes me laugh pretty, pretty big here. And it's still holding no up. way. Ah, that's yeah. awesome, man. And you always have that. Um, what is that? The, the pirate chip on the bottom, right? Yeah, always a pirate ship. Um, always at the tail, and just uh, <clears throat> put it here. But uh, yeah, this one's a six-zero fish that I've recently retired. It's got some a bunch of pressure dings. Um, this one is is my my latest favorite. Uh, it's a RNF retro and C4 technology uh, made by Lost. Um, the manufacturer is actually here in uh, in Jersey. I mean, no, I'm sorry, not, on the East Coast. It's down in uh, I think South Carolina. Inspired shaper shape. of his handle. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah he's in, I think he's either North Carolina or South. I think it might be like right there on the border. Yeah. Pretty sure. I think yeah, what's his name rides for him. Um, can't think of his name right now. The, the, the new technology for this one, they use cork layering instead of, uh, instead of you know, uh, balsa wood uh, stringers. I've, there's not a single pressure ding on it. And I've almost ridden this exclusively for the past two years. That's unbelievable. That's awesome. That's yeah, I remember Josh brought that back for you, right? Yeah, yeah, he went yeah. down and uh, you know he, he picked it up and it's all I've been riding and things just things just goes. Well, since we're we're on the surfing thing for here a moment, I just saw yeah. maybe about an hour ago, right? Announced today, World Surf League cancels Sunset Open and postpones Santa Cruz Pro. COVID nineteen concerns continue to throw a wrench in the twenty twenty one season. Ah, man, that's. Uh, kind of crazy I, I know last week we had a you know there was that looks like there was another update since then was there as a result of hawaii suspension of all surfing competition until further notice the upcoming that's the ct tour though yeah okay so on hold in the big waves the jaws and pa oh the, yeah no, there we the, go the, the jaws is canceled now yeah mm. cancels cancel sunset open in big wave jaws no way it bums me out you know it's sunset it's actually the only competition I've ever seen in person. And uh, I saw it in passing when I was in Hawaii, you know, back in 2012. And I think that's the ultimate test for surfing is the open playing field, giant, giant waves, open ocean wave. You know, you have to really earn it when, when to get a good one. And uh, you know, that's uh, 
I'm, I'm really bummed that one's canceled. Yeah, yeah. that sucks, man. It really does. To, um, to me, I mean, I, I, oh, sorry, Michael, interject. To me, it's no, kind of crazy on. because surfing's one of those sports where they usually don't have a ton of spectators. Like, you know, out in Fiji, you know, nobody's there watching them. Now, when they're in California, it's a little different. They get big, huge crowds and sometimes the North Shore. But as we saw with Pipeline, they closed the beach off the spectators. There was no spectators. I don't yeah. get it because most of these heats at most, you'll they'll overlap and have, what, four in the water when they overlap, you know? Yeah. It might be a little too precautionary for me, but. Uh, yeah. From, from what I, think, I read, yeah, I think it was Hawaii. Sorry, Mike. Uh, it was Hawaii actually is the one who uh, I think that all surfing events are postponed or I forget the verbs they used to, to describe what they're doing, but Hawaii was the one who made the decision. I mean, they're able to run an entire football season with, you know, 52 man teams. So it's yeah. like, why, why couldn't you run a surfing competition when no one's in the same area at the same time? You know, you're out in the water and you know, the giant plain area, especially, you know, at sunset, that's, three football fields worth of, of a surf break. Well, they, they did cancel the Santa Cruz Pro, too, which is California. And it's, they said based on primarily the surge of COVID in California, the postponement is also heavily influenced by the length of times our athletes have been away from home and by the complexities of global travel. The thing is, most of these pros who are surfing, you know, the tour, where are they right now, B? Hawaii. Why? We saw what Pipe did yesterday was nuts. It was scary. I mean, you saw, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, Koa Rothman, Koa Rothman saying it was scary out there. I mean, there yeah. was bombs coming through, but they're all there surfing Pipe together. Yep. They're all there anyway. That's kind of the stupidity of it to me is, is they're all there. They've been doing it. And it's, it sounds like it's just a little bit too much. Who uh, let's try and make everyone feel good about things. And Joey's yeah. on the move. Look at that. Man's on the um, go. Man, always a man on the run. The, uh, you know, they are running the triple crown and it's like, a um, the, the official ruling is basically Haliva, one at sunset and one at uh, pipeline. So a wave at each location counts and you you submit videos. So basically whatever your best ride is at every spot throughout the season is, is going to be counted and they, they give them points. And John John at Haleiwa got like a 94. I think it's out of 100. It's like 94.5. And he, he absolutely ripped that wave. It was a massive Haleiwa day. And I've served Haleiwa at, at, uh, at, you know, like six to eight foot. And uh, it's it's not an easy wave to surf. But, uh, now, was it he, six to eight foot Hawaiian or six to eight foot jersey? Oh, six to eight <laughs> foot jersey, which is two foot Hawaiian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but John John ripped it. And, I, and that after I saw the replay of that footage, I thought to myself, I was like, wow. They, they could just run a contest like that. So these guys are going to go where they're going to go anyway, right? They, oh, each of them have their own filmer. So just get footage of them surfing their best wave. They can submit one wave, and then they can score them on, uh, you know, accordingly. Uh, that, that's a good way. I mean, just like wave of the winter kind of deal yeah. there. But I, I, you know, we saw them do it with pipe. That's what I go back to with pipe. They just shut the beach down and yeah. let the guy surf. Now, let me, let me pose this question for both of you. Do you think that this is something that's going to continue after the world of COVID? Do you think that the competitions are going to move to, like Brian was saying, that you're going to film the wave of the year or whatever, and you're going to submit it, and you know that's how you're going to have a tournament going forward? So, or is that going to be kind of an offshoot? 
in, in my opinion, no, because the whole competitive nature of it, you'll see them surf these spots in not ideal conditions. If they go to that route, those guys could be out there for, if they give them a three-week period or a four-week period and pick off the absolute best gems out of 100 tries, I think there's something to be said to fishing it. I mean, not fishing Surfing that heat and that heat time in said conditions and performing under the pressure. I kind of feel like if you give guys the time in the world, like Brian said, to pick the right waves and the right conditions, you're going to be getting tens. Those guys are so good. Everybody on that tour are amazing riders. They're all going to be submitting tens, you know? Yeah. That, that's yeah. I, I think, I think what the way the changes that will happen is businesses are going to operate smaller, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. I think what they'll do is they'll what they've I've, I've said for years to you at least the two of you actually they should limit the guy amount of guys on tour because they can never run an event in two days even though most swell big best swells events are two days most you know maybe three a day build a you know two days of solid swell and then you know the day of fading. Well, they usually so give they, them what like a, a a three to four week holding period right where they yeah. But think about it if, if they cut the tour in half they could run in two days and I'm not saying get rid of the guys. I mean, just, just do a, a dream tour scenario where it's just the top, let's say, I don't know. I'm just gonna throw a number out there. Uh, the top 16 and instead of the top 32 and they run them in two days and that's it. And then the bottom guys all join the, the qualifying series. And instead of being the dream tour, they just go to, you know, all these different locations that uh, on the CT level. This kind of, kind of can relate back to the fishing tournament world. Because yeah. I think what would spawn from that would be you would get other um, leagues. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe other maybe that needs to happen. That because those top 30 guys would be like, look, I grinded through the CTs to get here. And you're going to cut us? Yeah. Well, give, give think, me your warning, right? True. But what happens is, though, like if you look at fishing the leagues, I mean, there's all these infighting between the leagues. I, I don't know. I think they have a, a, a good proven system. I do. I think there's room for improvements and like, like Brian saying conditions. Um, I think overall, like last year, all their events pretty much had bombing. I mean, good serve for the most part, at least a couple of the days, you know, there was a pipe masters, what, like three years ago where the finals was held, not in the greatest. Yeah. It's when, uh, Gabrielle beat Mick Fanning. It was Mick yeah, Fanning last year. He beat him with the waves. Exactly. I mean, you know, that was kind of sorry to watch because, you oh, know, yeah. Pipe is supposed to be. It's supposed pipe to be pipe. Is the wave. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, the worst part of that year. Let me just touch on that real quick because yeah, go the fans hear this. Mick got barreled at pipeline, a real barrel. I remember Made texting out, you. Turn. Yeah, we were texting, and then he actually got a backup of a little cover up and a couple turn combo. Gabe did a sing, two single air, single air waves, basically where he just you know aired out, landed it, and rode out of it, and somehow beat. Mick that year in that last wave too remember that was the one like he like completely um what's it called tried to sell it to the judges and everything oh. and you know claim he was claiming so hard mm -hmm. and i remember watching like how the hell first off i'm not gonna you know lie i'm not a gabe fan something oh. about gabe just drives me his attitude like he just doesn't seem like a nice guy yeah, Brian and, and he I should not about have that. won that event, dude. Yeah, that that was mixed. That that was that 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 was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Well, you 
Riley guys... with the dolls when she was four or five, and we had pictures of her staying up in the hill. And it was like eighty foot surf. Holy it's a crazy God. thing you'll ever see. We have video of it. Yeah, Not you got to send that to us. I'd like to see that. I will. I'm, I was trying to look for it while we were talking. Well, we we were touching a little bit on fishing, and you sent me something, Joe, earlier this week. Um, Monday catches forty pound limit of bass yeah, yeah. to win the Rayburn BFL. Sure. I mean, holy cow, man! Like that is so, unbelievable. It was, it was the first BFL of the year. Um, I think it was January. It was, it was this past Saturday. Um, it was on Sam Rayburn. It was a cowboy division, which is Texas area. Guy who's won is Derek Mundy. It was the fourth largest limit of, out of all the FLW events ever to be weighed. It was 40 pounds, 10 ounces. Um, he had 11 pound, 10 ounce kicker in that bag. It's insane. Um, absolutely wow. insane. Well, and, the and, and then the you guy compare he edged out had a huge bag too. I mean, he had 28 six. That's I what I was see. just going to say. Yeah. 20, which is a winner. Any other contender to that? Yeah. I mean, Texas breeds huge fish. 40 pound bags don't happen. I mean, it's rare. It's rare. I mean, you'll get 24, 25, occasional 30, but to have a 40 and 10 ounces and then to be in second and lose with a 28 and six ounce bag, dude, that, that's kind of got to hurt. Well, I was going to say, do you think he's upset about losing or do you think it's more of like, I just had an unbelievable day and this guy just, it wasn't that I lost. It's just that someone won more than I did. Now I'll, sh- I'll share a picture of the screen while I answer that. Um, I, dude, I, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I, I, I would be pissed because what happens is you're out there on the water and you know, you have this huge bag at, at 28 pounds and in your mind, like that's it. I've won, you know, with a Look bag that, that big fish on the left, man, let's just yep. hold. Holy Man, that that's got to be the eleven pounder. I mean, that Bigger thing is huge. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at them all. Those are all his five. That's the smallest one. That's probably like a five. I mean, they're they're huge. Those four wow. fish, absolutely humongous. That is a great day on the water, man. That is, it's oh. insane. And when you read the article, you know, at at, at majorleaguefishing.com, it's insane. You know, and, and what Monday was talking about. I mean, just how of amazing day that is and like once in a lifetime um and you call four of them in crankbaits that's a fun way to fish you know crankbaits fun way yeah. to fish so let me stop sharing i mean it's amazing for the first event of the year for all the bfls to have somebody crack almost a 41 pound bag i mean that's over we figured it out so five fish it's over an eight pound average per fish i mean could you imagine unheard of oh. No, absolutely crazy. Absolutely couldn't. I I, that's yeah. When you sent that to me, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, I don't really, I don't really follow the tournament (laughs) for fishing too much. But that like, well, yeah. Even even I I knew that was amazing. Like that was my mom's. You know, hang out with the puppies, and I I belong. We all belong to this group. If you fish in the BFLs, and they posted, I'm like, this can't be right. And then I saw it. I'm like, oh my god. absolutely nuts nuts huge bag yeah that's freaking crazy for, for the listeners don't understand this i think i've only caught one fish in my entire lifetime one bass that was over three pounds yeah a, a lot of a lot of fisher people 
you know, go their whole life with not catching something over four. No, now, Brian, four. where where was that fish caught? Do you remember? I sure do. It was on a a rank river in New Jersey that is as dirty as it gets. And I remember the exact location. And I can tell you there's a specific building that has archways in it that I cast in the archway and it came right off the archway and got it. Yeah, that's, I I know exactly where you're talking about. Now that's funny. My, my PB came from Florida. Uh, That's although I came dangerously close to it this summer. And I would say Donna bypassed my PB in the town lake here. And I, I couldn't believe it. She just destroyed it. Um, Joe, what, where'd you catch your PB? Well, I was going to say a lot of people, a lot of people catch their PBs down in Florida or Texas. I mean, that's down South. They, they grow them big, but they're big up North too. Actually, my biggest was nine, four. And it was out of the reservoir down the street, which was a shock to me. And then the following day, about a nine, two and like a seven, six. Wow. When I called that nine, four, I was talking to you. I left the water. They say, don't do that because if you're catching a big one, stay. When you yeah. catch a fish that big, dude, they, you're shaking. Even in the six, five pound, six pound range, yeah. you're huge. it's huge. I mean, yeah. absolutely humongous. I wish I had somebody to take pictures with me because oh, t- taking a picture of a fish that big by yourself without a GoPro, it, it is not easy. Um, the you nine floor is like 24 and three quarter inches. So it's almost 25 inches long. Well, you got to do what the guys do on Instagram, right? Is to get those little pop sockets and those like little adapters yeah. for those little arms and they put it on the ground in front of them. And then what you do is, is you make your fish look even bigger. Like those ones that I've been sending you guys where you hold it out like this and something that's, you know, looks like this, this close to me, look how much let's pull it up. Look how much bigger that looks all of a sudden. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. That's a big difference. And I was telling Jimmy and Ryan, our nephews that and they were like, they're like, people do that. And I said, yeah, it was like, it's just, oh. Everything looks bigger. It's all about perception when you all the time. I'm going to share a screen again, and I, I, we can prove our points here. So, all right, let me make this big. So, this is the day I was with Michael. I, I don't hold the fish like that. This was a almost a five pound fish, and you, I mean, that was beautiful. By looking at that picture, you, you really you can't see that. No. Um, where is that seven? There was, I'll find the seven later and show you guys. But it's the same way. I, I couldn't. You know, it was not, on towards the bottom there, wasn't it? It was before. No, this is the seven. Here it is. Yeah. I mean, you can see how big the mouth is. I'm not tall, but I have big, big hands. I mean, that, that fish, I could fit a fist and a half in there. The thing was huge. 7.4. But, but the thing is, if, if, I, if I had that fish and held out like that, I mean, it, <laughs> it looked like a dinosaur. It looked humongous. <laughs> yeah, the damn dinosaur. All, yeah. A lot of guys do that, and it's... it's you know, with social media and picture sharing, it, it oh, well, whatever we let's, let's stay on that for a moment. It was, uh, I was sending you pictures that this guy here in Jersey, it, we won't burn him at all or anything like that. We won't show his pictures, but I was sending him. I said, Joe, like, look at these pictures. I've sent them to you too, Brian, but you weren't on this thread that Joe and I were talking about it. And I said, Joe comes back to me, goes, bro, that's like, these were over the course of like, we'll say six months that this guy's posting photos of like fishing and joe goes bro that's the same fish and he's wearing the same outfit and like you like you're like wait a second he's got hundreds of likes on these photos and these fish are 
beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not taking away from the fact that he caught this fish more than likely. Uh, he caught this fish and he's holding it out like this. So it looks like a big monster right in front of you. And he's wearing the same outfit, wearing the same hat. And what he does is he'll remove a jacket or whatever it is, but it is actually, if you took a screenshot and took the two pictures, put them next to each other, it is the same location with the same fish. Just he was just posting. removing a piece of clothing. He was just removing a piece of clothing. Yep. And it was, you know, six months apart that he was posting. would be like, look, I caught another monster. It's like, don't do that, man. Like, it's so disingenuous. Now, don't get me wrong. I post photos sometimes of fish that I've caught later on. But I'm not claiming that I just caught it. No. And I'm not it's like a review. That. Like, I'm posting pictures of fish I caught in 2020. And yeah, I'd say on yeah. fish from 2020. A lot of guys do that. And I'm convinced a couple of those pictures... Because I was really looking at him, and like he had his hand in that generic position like this, and some of them you could kind of see. It looks like he literally cut a fish and like laid in his hand. Because there's a couple where the fingers are like not right with the fish. Like it's clear as day on a couple of those. Like, but you know, yeah. in the world of Instagram, likes likes, you know, unfortunately can get you sponsorships now. Yeah. I was joking with Donna. I said, what I'm going to have to start doing is I'm going to have to start removing my shirt and like holding them and flexing or doing something right. odd like that. It'll increase my likes for sure. And, and I'm going to have to hold the fish out like this so that, you know, it's obviously much larger than. Or you have Donna put a bikini on and hold the fish and then you'll have 30,000 views. I mean, that, that, that's a big thing in the industry that people talk about nowadays. The, yeah, we talked know, about it the a couple episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. But we, thirst so patrols. one of the, I did see a guy and it's funny, I, I follow him and he, he put a hashtag um, girls who fish and he put in parentheses next to it. It said, I was told to put this because this gets all the likes. And I thought that was funny. So for a picture that of a fish that I took, I had just put hashtag girls that fish and, you know, now was nothing scandal. It was just literally the fish. And sure enough, the likes had increased exponentially. And it was just really funny to me that that's what it takes. Um, I don't know. Well, it's I, kind of, it, it kind of rose me the wrong way because it, there, there are a lot of women who, who fish and fish the right way and they're incredible fisher takes away. women. And it kind of takes away from them because they, you know <laughs> they're not out there and they're insert whatever you want them to oh, wear we 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 went over this i, I don't think we need to rehash it because no. it's it's one of those things that is going to take us down a, a dark path of reminiscing about getting pissed off um but what i will say is uh, you know that bfl man is really cool i think what you were saying joe about maybe surfing going that route let's circle back on that for a moment, like splitting major league fishing BFL and all these other different types of tournament circuits actually kind of makes sense for, for surfing. Right. I know Brian, you've been huge into watching well, world. So real fishing has the big five MLF, MLF, big five, which is MLF and FLW. So they have two top pro series, the MLF pro series and FLW, but they're owned by the same company right now. Then you have the Bassmaster elite series, which is the third. And now there's, the league, the new fishing league that came out, that's a fourth. And um, you th th there's pluses and minuses to it. But go ahead, Brian. Yeah, you know, I for years people toyed with uh, Kelly Slater starting a dream tour. And I I actually always thought it, it would make sense to just, you know, take, well, take the top few and just have them go to Fiji, Tahiti, you know, Mentawi, and just have them the best waves and the best days, you know, and that's it. So am I misremembering? I thought they were kind of talking about 
like with that tour being like him and other legends, you know? Yeah. Um, like if they I were think... kind of retiring from the, you now like the PGA has the PGA and then the senior PGA, wasn't yeah, it kind yeah. of kind of do a deal like that where it's like the retired guys, like the older classic surfing, like fan, it would be like fan and park. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Actually. I think, I think it'd be a great idea. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Machado surf against, you know, fanning in, in a, you know, a, in a, a, wherever, you know, and somewhere, somewhere fantastically, like a right hand point break somewhere in California and, uh, you know, on Baja. Well, yeah. the thing awesome. with Kelly is he, he's still as competitive a burn and he's still, he ended up what number nine last year or 10. And then he just made it to the semis of the pipes in the last waiver. He burned John, John on, if he had priority, that would have been a 10 and he would have went to the finals. Yep. I mean, that's the thing with Kelly. He's still surfing at that level at what? 46, I think he is or 44. Yeah, and he's still out surfing 20 year olds. It's insane. Shred Zeppelin, man. Shred, shred Zeppelin. Shred Zeppelin. Dude, he, he's, <laughs> he, they had this thing on Instagram where it was him and John John Florence. They're, they're like doing this thing where they're going to each break in Hawaii and like they're competing against each other. Like best score for the best way. Did you see that, B? Yeah, yeah. I, so that's the interesting thing I was saying a few minutes ago. They're running the triple crown like that. So basically, yeah. like these guys are just surfing and they're having a good time but they're taking their best waves and then submitting them for the triple crown. And it's just them, them having surf offs with their buddies at Hollywood the other day, for example. And John, John got that sick wave that, that is all over the internet now where you got scored like a 94.5 or something like that. It's uh, it, I, I think you, you could do something like that for sure. And, you know, all around the, all around the world, just pick a handful of spots. You know, he's going to choose Fiji and do restaurants and uh cloud break, depending on what day's breaking go to TD, do, you know. Dude, did you see Nathan's, Nathan, Nathan Florence's bomb the other day at Pipe? Goodness. Did you, <sighs> that, you tell him the GoPro that, angle one? Dude, and they had the, from the beach where he just got spit yeah. out like, oh my God. Unreal. Yeah. The guy's nuts. He, I actually just saw that today. That was unbelievable. And Koa got one too. That was just as, <laughs> and when those that guys were saying Pipe is scary, I mean, that's, Jason that's Andre something. got, Pounded. He hears the interview. He he said I got yeah. three waves. He's like, yeah. first one I made, second one I got crushed, third one I broke my board. Yeah. <laughs> and he had this huge cut from the reef. Yeah. No, did Nathan have the cut from the reef or one of the two of them? Yeah. 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 It, it was huge. Well, guys, we're we're coming up to the end here. We do have our, our time limit on this thing, so we, we can't go over. Um, you know, I think this was great. Good catching up with both of you, as always. Um, on Thursday, we are looking to have uh, Mr. Christopher Barbieri on to talk a little about snowboarding up in New Hampshire, as well as getting into rock climbing here in the Northeast and what that looks like. Who would have thought you can rock climb here in New Jersey and beyond? Um, oh, it's huge down here. It's huge here too, man. You guys I, have like those trek places where you get indoor climbing? Yeah, a lot of indoor climbing, um, a lot of bouldering, and then we, you know, we do have. We're not far from the Shawgunks or Shawgunks, however the heck you say it, up in uh, the Catskills. So, um, some some top notch climbing here on the East Coast. So he's going to talk a little bit about that with us as well, and you know what it takes to kind of get into it. Um, so that'll be airing on hopefully Friday morning, unless something comes up with him. Um, but you know, everyone, thank you for listening, Joe. Always a pleasure, Brian. Yep. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to stretchinglines.com. They do they do sponsor me in the show and hook me up with great products. So be sure to check them out and use discount code JMSTAFF15. 
Amen to that, man. Stretchinglines.com. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Have a good night, all right? All right. All right guys. See you guys. All right, good night, everybody. Bye. All right. So that was the Hacker Outdoors podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this on. Please check the show notes for some of the links about the topics we discussed today. And as always, please go ahead and check out our anchor site via our link tree or any of the other links that we have posted around social media to leave us a message if you'd like to be included in one of our future episodes. I thank you all for listening and I hope you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you later this week. Take care.